one live from the top. Boom! We're live, guys. Episode number seventeen. How are you guys doing? Is it seventeen? Yeah, yeah, episode number seventeen. Yeah, I'll just test the new lots. Don't worry. Yeah, you do this every week. So you're here with myself, Olu, Shua, Pabilo, and Daniel. Yes. How are you guys doing? Excited, inspired, ready to go. I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, no, oh. I hope the listeners can list, can hear the change in the sound quality because we're using a different tool and as well as this, we're going to incorporate video clips. So you might even see this on the Instagram page as well. And the new hats, they're coming soon. Exactly, the new hats, much, much. I'm so, I'm sorry, but they've been hearing new hats coming soon for about since it's April. It's true, but we're doing a slow release, Daniel. We're slowly releasing it in the public. I've seen them around yeah. the world Remember, Rome, Anything, Rome, had, Yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day, so it's, it's coming. Exactly. Yeah, but you, can, but you can build in a night. But anyway, if you saw our Instagram stories, we do have some of our listeners who are rocking those Take Flight podcast hats. So hopefully you like them. And like Shiro said, merchandise coming soon. Slow release though, slow and exclusive. So on this week's episode, we're going to be doing a topic and on personal um, finance management. So how do you manage your uh, money? And then we're going to go to a book recommendation, which will be taken by Pabilo. So yes, sir. Stay tuned and let's get started. Take off, take flight with you. We never fly, but we're flying. So, personal finance. What does it mean? Money man, money P. <laughs> no, I don't. No, don't call me money P. That's uh. Why don't you like that? Why don't you like that title? No, there's more to me than just that. Come on, come on, come on. He sounds, he's, what, he sounds like come a very, on. you know, husband, <laughs> you know <what> husband <laughs> son, friend. P, you need to, if we're doing these recordings, you need to sit directly into the camera, bro. People want to see that face. You're doing, you're doing all Oh, you? Oh, you're doing okay. All right, cool. Sounded a bit insecure. There's more to me than just my money. <laughs> Come on! Oh, I'm paying that picture. No, but um, personal finance. No, guys, um, this is something which, as mentioned before, is close to my heart, and I think this is going to be a really, really interesting one, and some which is going to be a lot of value for our, for our listeners. So, Oli, you mentioned like what does personal finance mean? So, for me, it's it's just like uh, really simply put, uh, sort of a tracking of your income and expenses. You know, running budgets, running sort of planning cycles with the objective of putting yourself in a better financial position at a future date. Yeah. No, I think um, me talking from working in finance, I connected to really five key pillars. So one is like your income. One is how you're spending that income, looking at how you're saving, how you're investing and what sort of protection you have for your family or in case anything happens. So it's really those five key pillars from organizing and planning to actually how do you track and then put those into action. So that's what I think about when I think of personal. Yeah, I like that. Did you did you just come up with that off the top of your head? Because that sounded pretty... Nah, he, he, he prepared. He was doing notes. He was doing notes before. I'll repeat that later, later on in the episode. But you guys need to do your, you guys need to do your prep work, you know? No? <laughs> yeah, pre- preparation is key. Sure, go ahead. What does it mean for you? To me, it's just basically the cornerstone of a topic that we talk about a lot, financial freedom. So I think I saw a, a post on Instagram that if you can't manage $1,000 or £1,000, then how are you to manage $10,000 or £10,000 effectively? So yeah. I think if you get those those principles correct in your personal finances, 
then no matter what level of your income, be it a thousand or ten thousand, then you, you've got the foundations in place to try and expand on it. Are you going to ask me? me? Just to summarize, it's basically... No, no, we're not going to ask Daniel. Let's just, <laughs> let's just move on to the next... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it might make sense to actually have Melissa on. I swear in a previous episode, Daniel said that she manages the finance now and everything. Yeah, actually, I might as well be redundant. I might as well not be in this episode. I might as well not be in this episode. Well, well, you, can, well, you can share some of the techniques that you was doing before you handed it over to Melissa. <laughs> well, that didn't work. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, but to me, no, finance management is simply just being aware of income, outgoings, mm. and your overall finance. I just see it as almost like a calendar of your diary, but just with numbers. A calendar you know in your diary, just with numbers? Yeah, no, I said okay. it's like a calendar in your, it's like your calendar or diary, but just with numbers. Okay. So you know what you're doing today, you know what you're doing next week, you know how much money's in today, you know how much it's going to be next week, you know what you're going to spend, yeah. ex- um, so on and so forth. So simply that. So is everyone, is everyone in this school tracking their personal finances and how religiously you guys are doing it? I can speak on behalf of my household. Yeah, it's being tracked. I'm not doing it, but it's done, it's done, it's done religiously. Yeah. No, I used to I used to do it, but it's some, you know, Melissa w- wanted to try and give it a go. So I said, okay, go on, give it a go. So anytime we go out or money spent, I bring the receipt, put it in an envelope and Ooh. it's done. It's, it's logged. Everything's logged um, in a spreadsheet. But, yeah, okay. What made you start that? Exactly. Before we get oh, into that, like, oh. I guess it's like, what made you, you got declined? What, what made you actually say, you know what, it's time to manage my... I think you, oh, you, might, you, might, you might be talking from experience about the declining card. But my, <laughs> my, I think it started for me after, when I started working, really and truly, if I'm honest with you. Before university, you just made sure you paid your, your loan, your accommodation, and you know, just enjoyed yourself with the rest. And you didn't mind that balance going down to zero. But when it started, when you start working and you've got, you know, a considerable amount of money coming into your account every month for your salary, you then don't want to be, you don't want to be stupid with it. You want, you don't want to be foolish. You want to be wise. So whether you're investing, saving, but also in, um, allocating money to enjoy yourself by going out with friends or eating, it's just being aware that you can actually survive the month. You have enough money for travel, but also putting money aside to save. And that's where it started from for, for me. Yeah. Olu, how about you? Um, yes, mine started from growing up in a household where a lot of times when I wanted anything, um, I would either have to go to my parents to get it. And I felt like they had a lot of control <laughs> in terms of what I could do or what I couldn't do. So when I was 17, I remember I wanted to um, learn how to drive. So I went over to my mom. I was like, hey, mom, I want to learn how to drive. Can you, you know sponsor my sponsor my lessons and she was like nah x y z or whatever and i said you know what i can't rely on people when it comes to finance in terms of obviously she was thinking oh i want to keep you at home i want to keep you safe etc so i first went out to find a job and said okay how much do i need to save to be able to pass my driving test and how much do i need to save to be able to get a car so i think for me it was just more of a independence is why I really started managing my um, finance is I love the independence that you have where you don't have to rely on anyone and anything that you want to do um, in life per se, you can do when you've already sort of planned and financially stable. Yeah, that's, I like that. Yeah, for I mean, me actually... Pete, you've probably got your receipts since like 
1997. Oh, bro, we go back. <laughs> but, you, but you know, yeah, you know you, we go 12 years back. Do, do, you, do, 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 you know what's funny? do you know what's funny when you say that? I was I had um, bank statements from when I first opened my uh, NatWest account when I was 11. Yeah. So I had I had statements from 18 for, from 18 years ago. And it was only, I think, six months ago I shredded them. And to be honest, I regret shredding it. I had statements oh, you should, from when... You should have kept those. You should have kept I know, them. I know, I know, I know, I know. I thought... Man, I think it was a month after. Oh, I had so much regret. Right. I had so much regret. Oh, that would have been. You should have kept the, those, man. But the funny, but the funny thing is, I looked, I looked through it, and I thought, "Wow, I was actually balling at some, at certain stages, like 15, <laughs> 16. <laughs> I, I, I had, I had, I think I was oh, seventeen, no, eighteen. I had two and a half grand in my account. I was like, "Yo!" Really? And then you see the, you, you see the silly things you spent the money on, like going to JD Sports and. I think it was like JD Sports and all these those, different uh, places. New Era caps, twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, trust me. All of that EMA money. I used to get. I used to buy me all my clothes. Yeah, so for me, for me, the story dates back to like ten years ago, um, and I actually started because uh, I went through a relatively painful process during my internship. So I had, as you guys know, like the first six months was pretty much a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. And what was happening was that's an understatement, right? What do you mean? Understand That's the understatement about the pressure and stress. Yeah. I'm trying not to love. I'm trying not to love. I'm trying not to love. I'm starting to sweat. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Bro. We have to do one episode. We just talk about your internship, Pete. Just one episode. One day, one day, one day, one day. One episode. As long as, sorry. as long as it provides value. So that's no problem. Sorry, I, one cut, day, sorry, I cut you off. I cut you off. Sorry, carry on. on. No problem. <laughs> now, so it goes back to like 2009. And effectively what was happening was I was just getting, there was so much pressure on me to do the accounts for the company, right? So get this part right and get that part right and make sure that you're, the booking is correct. And one day I stopped and I said to myself, where are my own accounts? Mm-hmm. Like I'm being put under so much pressure to do theirs. And all, and all these people are in this room focusing on like Porsche accounts. I was like, where's my own? So I think as I was building my Excel skills during that time, I said, okay. So I remember that night I went back and I looked at, I went back to the very first bank statement. So 2007. And I just started recording every single entry. I think it became like an obsession because I thought to myself, I actually would like to know where I've spent my money over the last mm. two years. And ever since then, um, yeah, I've, I've basically been doing it since then. So like 12 years going, 12 years running. And I think Shaw obviously can, can attest to this, but it's probably the single reason as to why we've, been able to be in a very comfortable financial situation over the years. So I know um, you were spending your money at, at university. Where was I spending my money? KFC. <laughs> no, it wasn't KFC. It was Hardee's. Yeah, Do you remember Hardee's? <laughs> no, it was Hardee's. Do you remember Hardee's? Those chickens. I think, I think, but yeah, ultimately, and also as well, I think it was the first year where I actually had, well, the first time in my life where I actually had a financial objective. So mm. I know I went into that internship saying, at the end of this internship, I want to save X amount. So yep. it just, I think it just seemed to tie in quite nicely. The pain from the, the pressure and the pain and also saying, okay, cool. Let's start to track every single uh, transaction. So, so yeah, and then I haven't looked back since. I've never regretted it. Mm. But do, okay, question, do you, do you find it a monotonous, laborious and time-consuming task if you, if you log every single entry? I do it on a monthly basis, not on a, not on a day-by-day basis. I, wait, so do, so do you track it daily or do you track it monthly? Monthly. So I just download my bank statement and I just put that. You can, there's a way to download it and get an Excel version of it. So I just okay. download it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, that, yeah, the CSV, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. No, no, because no, I was just thinking. Yeah. So Pete, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, so I've, I've often looked at the situation and said that because it is, it does, one of the sort of drawbacks is that it can be relatively time consuming. 
But I think when when you look at the benefits and how the wider the bigger picture, for me, I'm I'm okay to spend you know half an hour every week uh, recording my transactions, doing my planning, doing my budgeting because I know the position that it puts us in moving forward. So yes, on one hand, it can be from the outside looking in, like you really sit there and you log in every single transaction, and I'm like, of course, because I don't think we would have been able to make the decisions that we've made financially without it. Okay, and when you log and you talk about the detail, for example, when I was, well, there's two ways. So if you went to the cash point and you withdrew £20, would you put that as an entry as £20 withdrawal or would you then break down what that £20 was spent on with the receipts? No, nah, so it's getting broken down to expenses, bro. I've got like 26 categories for expenses. Like we know what's going on around here. But do, uh, what, <laughs> those 26 categories plus subcategories or just 26 categories full stop? No, nah, 26 categories, like full stop. Okay. We're going to go to that. We're going to go to that detail. We're going to go to that detail. Unless you all say why, we'll get to that detail. Okay, cool. Just really quick, just to close that point, is that there were a number of years where I actually had a large sums of like just cash being withdrawn. So I wanted mm-hmm. to know exactly where that was going. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. why I started to break it down. Okay, cool. Yeah, just a bunch of cash just coming out of your account, yeah? Now, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> from, from, from EMA days I'm getting my £10 a week I'll sort of... <laughs> why did you stop? EMA was a lifeline to be very honest with you guys I, I was terrible with money all the I, way through I thought you were always going to say I haven't even started my to be honest guys college uni like I used to work part time in throughout college used to work at Gap shout out Gap um, used to earn some money but everything I earned I spent like I was never, I was never looking to save. And it was, it was funny. It was even straight after uni, after it all finished, I only really started doing it once um, uh, me and P started living together. And then I see what he was doing. I should, I should kind of do it a little bit like that. And then I, the way that I would track it is I, I'm very, very high level. I would just look through my bank statements and if anything is looking a bit strange and I'd follow up. But otherwise, I get a rough flavor of where my money's going. But in terms of really saving and looking at my expenses, it only really started probably 2012. And that was when, once I started to look at my expenses and manage them a bit better, um, that's when my savings started to grow faster as well. So, yeah. yeah. I've got, I got, I got to give, got to give P the credit for that one. Love. Appreciate the love. Look <laughs> at you inspiring people, huh? <laughs> no, but I think, I, sure, you touched on probably one of the biggest benefits of actually managing your own personal finance, because I think a lot of times when people hear personal finance, they think, oh, just another way to spend less or budget. But actually what it does is it raises the awareness as to where your money's going. So, mm. for example, if you're someone that, let's say, lives the quote unquote check to, uh, paycheck to paycheck, mm. and you're someone that indulges in sort of high end uh, fashion designer clothes, we're not... Sounds like someone familiar. Personal finance doesn't necessarily mean you stop spending in those areas. It just gives you a sense of how much you are spending. Mm. So it gives you effectively a picture where you can then start to make decisions from. Because to be honest, I think without that sort of cockpit or that control panel, it's very difficult for you to say, you know, where's what going? You just end up, it's just like a a tap that just doesn't close. You just Mm. end up spending money without an idea as to what's going where. So And it's funny funny you mentioned that, um, Pete, because... Like if you check the stats, they say seventy five percent of people live check to check. Like, yeah, like, like it's, it's, when you're saying, "Oh, yeah, it's not about check." No, that is actually the big problem. So many, but, people... but just and just to add to that stat, yeah, mm-hmm. most people are in the red. They don't know it exactly, mm-hmm. and it's like because of credit, one emergency happens and you're screwed. You're like you're in debt. You, I remember one time, um, at university, 
my engine just packed up, just stopped, oh. just stopped. What, the head, was it was it the head gasket? It was a Peugeot. It was like one of the bands or whatever. No, I'm talking about was was it the head gasket of the car? Oh no 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 no! It was like it was parked. Oh, okay. It was winter time, and I was just trying to crank up my engine to like get started. I had to pay. I think it was eight hundred pounds for a new engine, and that's university days. So hmm. unless you have that savings or that money there how am I getting to work with no car? I was coaching at that time. I lose all my income. I lose, like, it's just making sure you get out that sort of rat race and get, it's because seven, like I said, 75% of people are living check to check. So yeah, this, that's why personal finance is so important. There's been a couple of times as well that I've been telling PP this month, allow the savings. Let's just live. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. So he said to me, he said to me like back in 2012, he says, yo, Pete, imagine, yeah, if one month we went by and we didn't save, we didn't save our, we didn't allocate our savings. We just spent the whole tick. And I, said, I said to him, listen, I'm going to die before that happens. It just can't happen. I just, I just can't do it. It's not, it's not possible. And I think it's, okay. it's not even because, it's not even because we wouldn't necessarily use that to, to invest in experiences and have a nice time because we, we definitely know how to spend. You, That's one for you would sure. be homeless. You guys will forget to pay your rent. But it's more, I think what, I think by that point, yeah, so we're talking about 2012 and I'd already been managing this probably for the last seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself in a routine and a habit whereby you actually start to have a responsibility around being smart with your resources. So it actually becomes quite difficult to actually say, all right, yeah, let's just forget it this month. You, you, you're sticking to something that's working close. for you. A couple of times you were close. No, 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 never close. Maybe maybe I gave you that impression, but we was. I'm telling you. What about your trip to Miami? Trust me. Wasn't that close? Yeah, that, but that was, but that was, see, this is the thing. The trip to, to the Miami trips and all of the Southeast Asia trips, all of that Excel-based, managed, like Daniel, remember when we were sharing the Excels around um, who owes what, etc. It's all in the same yeah. spirit. <laughs> you're trying to detail, tell me that, baby detail. You're trying to tell me the Porsches in a the Porsches in an Excel. Oh yes, miscellaneous. It was a miscellaneous expense that went down for that one. That's good. I think we should st- stick on the topic of personal finance. <laughs> I've got the fun the f- I wanted to I wanted to say something about that with when you said AP when you said about Shroel said how about one month we don't allocate what we put actually, to save just and to spend it just to clarify I actually said three months oh okay I heard okay, I heard the, one, three, I heard one boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> even, she put P and even do in one month but okay someone 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 said this to me and I want to know what your thoughts are it comes to the kind of spending and saving because last year I kind of thought about money because I was earning a political income monthly for the first time, but I didn't know how to manage it. I got a little advice, but not much. To be honest, in hindsight, I'd say I squandered a lot of it, but I did use some of it for good too. Most importantly, I learned that I don't want to live like that. Since this year, I've, be- I've, begun- I've tried to be quite intentional. However, I'm not earning a political income anymore. That mixed with my wanting to work towards things <coughs> like a house and a new car. And I like to have some money when I get married has or has brought me to the conversation. So what would you suggest? Because it talks about P or P from what you're saying is, yeah, you want to save, but also you don't want to kind of just go out and spend lavishly for no reason. Yeah. Where Sherelle was talking about, you know, for a specific period of time, let me just enjoy life. Well, this is, if I can afford it, why not do it? Because it gets to the point of, you're working so hard, yep. you're earning money, yep. but then not you're not you're not enjoying the fruit of your labour. Of course, so because of course everyone knows tomorrow is not promised. Of course, so how do you find that balance? So a couple of things. The first thing that comes to mind is that this personal finance is not even about how much you earn. It's really about managing what you have. The second thing I'll hmm. say is that 
that actually is more of a reason and an impetus to actually uh, start your own personal finance management because it makes you feel less guilty. When you're, when you're managing your, your income and your expenses and you, you consciously put a certain amount aside because that's the amount that you actually want to start to save to sort of spend or, or go on holiday, you're actually, you actually feel more empowered with your, own, with your own finances. So I actually think someone who's in a position where they're actually becoming more confident with how much they earn, they're starting to earn a lot more money. I think, I think you have more responsibility to start really taking a good look and having that transparency because it's not to prevent you from spending less. It's actually to put you in a position where you know how much you're spending, right? And I would even argue that with the personal finance management that we've had, we've actually spent more over the years. We've just that we spent on... on been aware. Exactly. And we've been it's aware, been, yeah. So instead, yeah, of, okay. instead, of us, instead of us basically spending big on, on, on designer clothes, we go big mm. on, on assets. But and, and, and also you probably feel, you don't feel as guilty thinking, oh, this wasn't really accounted for, this wasn't allocated, yeah. I just spent that, but I don't really know how that impacts. Exactly, it. it's knowledge. It's, it's Correct. the knowledge aspect of it, Daniel, like you mentioned. I don't want to keep going back to these five elements, but I think for the advice and the, the, the question, you just really need to think about these five different elements. So income, this is something that you can control. Control in terms of you can work more hours or gain skills to earn more money. Yeah, so that's one element that you have. Then you have the spending. So you look at how can you reduce your spending or, and when I mean reduce your spending, it's not like, okay, stop buying what you used to buy is, I, I like to play this game where it's like, how can I get what I want, but for a cheaper price? Like I I go onto certain websites like yeah. Money Supermarket and I'm like, every year I put a reminder on my mobile phone bill and I talk to offers a day and I call them up and say, yeah. hey, like I found this offer, how can I reduce it? Like there's so many tricks and games that you can do to reduce your spending. Then the two which I think will help your friend is really around the protection aspect. I feel like a lot of people don't really set up a protection so I try to say to myself, if I I should have enough savings to last me six months without any income. Okay. There's an element of it that wants to live in a moment, but you need to get that protection because that protection gives you the freedom. And then the second element, which I think a lot of us have done, or the, sorry, the fourth element, which a lot of us have done is the investment element. So a lot of times you've got to sacrifice that short-term spending so that you could put your money into some sort of asset so that that can generate money then you can splash and spend. So it's how do you become strategic with all the different elements? And then the last one is the saving. So saving so that you can invest, so that you can then spend more based on the money that you make and increase your income and protect yourself. So yeah, I know I spoke for quite a while, but I think it's really those five elements that you need to focus on. No, it's solid. No, no, I, I, I would definitely agree. And I think what this person has said is the first step is to identify you don't want to live like that. Mm. And that's the, that's the acknowledging that is the first step to wanting to improve for the future, but but this person isn't like in a isn't in a, a in a hole or anything. Yeah, yeah it's just course. something they acknowledge and they wanted to change that. And this person's not it's not our they're not our age they're, they're younger. So it was just I obviously gave my advice, but I wanted to hear your your um your advice and also if there's anyone out there who's thinking along the same lines. I thought it could be mm. mutually beneficial for all. Yeah, one other thing that comes to mind also I mentioned it around the transparency is that again so. I've obviously been doing it now for 12 years. When I met Shuo, I said, look, this is something that you might want to think about also doing. As you know, I would have, if I think it works, my whole family's going to find out about it. So I actually um, do it on my mom's behalf. So I, I, I manage my mom's accounts. And what's interesting is that I'm actually quite surprised. And this is not, I think this is for most people. A lot of people are not actually aware of the direct debits or actually what they actually spend. Mm, and, and for yeah. me, it's shocking. Well, it's high. Okay. It so, be high. so when I so I I basically have a look and say, Mum, do you know that you're actually spending X on 
on Y and Eugenia was spending A on C. And she would have no idea. She would be like, oh, I thought I cancelled that direct debit six months ago. And I'm like, mom, we're talking about hundreds of pounds here. And that, yeah. and, and, that's, and that can go into your enjoyment, your lifestyle. So it's, it's like having, uh, again, it's, it's all about, you don't want to outsource your financial future to the banks or anyone else. Mm. You want to make sure that mm. you have control. Right, but, and it's not about if you're a finance person. It's about saying, "Look, I want to live a certain life. I want to go on holiday. I want to buy the clothes I want to buy." And if you want to be able to do that for a sustained period of time, managing your finances is the way to is the way to, to satisfy that. Just quick, no, Pete, I, I would, Pete, I would even say, you know, that direct debit piece is very important for everyone because I think all of us have some sort of direct debit, mm. and you don't realize the true cost until you add everything up and think, mm. "Wow, I'm spending that much yeah. on a monthly basis." And direct debits, but also that can also spur you on to think, like Colin was saying, go on to uh, some money advice website or compare the market, money supermarket, or whatever mm. it may be, to try and find a cheaper deal, something that can beat your current rate and ultimately save yeah. you, you know, a few hundreds every, each month. Every, di- um, every sorry, direct year, debit you set up, does make a big difference. you should put in your calendar the moment you set up, when is the expiry date? When does it finish? Because like that, um, like Pebilo said, it just rolls on. My mom had the same thing. She was paying forty pounds for mm-hmm. Sky TV. Like the Sky is the one. No, Sky, Sky is no. I see the Sky. Yeah? That happened to me. This, no, that, that happened. I can Sky, Virgin, for this month. I can, I can tell you with Sky. I was paying, I think, forty pounds a month. They then put it to forty-two, yeah. and they put it to seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, cancelled yeah. that. I, I cancelled that. Yeah, and then I moved to BT on a on a better deal. Then I got a better deal with Skype. I moved to BT for a week. I told BT now I'm cancelling. And they gave me like a reward card on Google Home. I cancelled BT, moved back to Sky, got a better deal than I was on before. Now I'm with Sky. There's no loyalty when it comes to when it comes to direct debit, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the last thing I was gonna say about direct debits is with my bank account, I've got a certain um bank account that will reward me on direct debits. So they give me cash back on every direct debit I I pay. Just a very quick side note, because we're talking about direct debits and how people can forget about them. I remember reading an article a few months ago that AOL, so AOL is like an old school internet provider. Do you remember? America years Online. Years <laughs> and years ago, um, they used to be one of the big providers and now they're really, really small. They still make millions of dollars yep. from monthly AOL payments from customers yep. that they had 15 plus years ago. Yep. who just never That's got around crazy. to cancelling their direct debit so, so 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 this is this is actually a business idea which i don't know why i guess maybe i was too young at the time but i actually um thought and there's i think there's apps out there today but having a, a system whereby it it lets you know which direct debits have expired which you should cancel because to your point sure it's not only AOL. there's so many companies out there that are just benefiting from customers that are too lazy mm-hmm. or unaware that they're still paying a direct debit mm-hmm. so um but yeah but another th- another story i wanted to share in terms of like a surprise is that when I, I also I also spoke with Lauren a number of years ago and I said, oh, babe, let's let's have a look at your numbers. So we sat down and I, I, no joke, we sat down and I said, look, we're not going anywhere until it was better than yours, isn't it? No, nah, well, <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 that's not the point. You're like, right, the I point, need to get my numbers up. No, nah, no, nah, the point was that we, we sat down and I said, I said, I need I need every single bank statement since the first since the first penny dropped in your account. And we sat there, we went after folder after folder and we plugged in every entry. And we and then we we looked back probably like four or five years, and she was able to see that around the Christmas period she was spending like Beyonce, on people on herself. It was going mad, and More she life. never and she and she didn't Christmas. She didn't know. And she and, but, Pete, but Pete wasn't yours doing the same. 
No, 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 no. Pues eso es eso. Yeah, yeah, no, come on, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, but again, okay, the thing is, but the difference, the difference again, the difference is this. I'm aware of how much I'm about to let go. What I'm saying is that she wasn't aware of how much she was, like the pattern, she was spending so much around that period. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah. the thing is, what it was is that we looked at kind of how much perhaps she could have saved. And we just mm. said, all right, cool. What's done is done. Water under the bridge. Moving forward, we make sure our game is tight. Um, so that was actually a very enjoyable experience because it was like, again, getting someone to sort of be inspired and look at us and say, this is why this matters because you could have freed up X amount, which then could have been used for this and that. But even when it comes, you know, that, that's also encouraging because when you think about how you say in the short to medium, long term ago, short to medium term, how you were spending, say, six months ago, yeah. and thinking, okay, I'm going to change it. It's actually quite positive thinking, oh, wow, in the next six months, I can save X amount. So you actually look forward to it and you, you have something tangible that you can realistically achieve, yeah. But also with the finance management, something that we do, uh, Melissa and I, is, you know, we have our budget to how much we're going to spend for food, for, uh, for, for diesel, for the car, and so on and so forth. So what we do on every month is we take that out physical cash and we put that in envelopes. So okay. that when um so that when we when we so we do have a budget, so you're not just spending on your card thinking, okay, I think I've spent this, I think I've spent that, but we know how much is left allocated to each particular area so that you stay within budget. What do you do with the loose change? Yo, yo, Daniel, quick question. Where do you yeah. leave the envelopes in your house? Huh? Where do you leave I, leave the, I leave it in a safe. Wait, okay. wait, Daniel, what do you do with the loose? Yeah. What do you do with the loose chain? I'm, 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 my house is alarmed and I've got cameras. So cool. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, so Pete, what do loose change? We put it into savings. Any loose change, we plug it into savings. Mm. So that's that's a way we know because with the cards, you can just be spending and spending and spending. And also, if you're not tracking it on a daily or weekly basis, so if you're doing it on a monthly basis, you might not know if you've gone over budget until the end of the month. So you know, okay, I've got X amount for food. This week I've spent this. How much is left for food is in the envelope. And if we end up spending on the card, we take that money from the envelope and pay it into the bank straight away. Mm. So that helps. That's a dope concept. And you do that, and Dan, sorry, you, you said you, you set those budgets weekly or monthly? No, so the budgets are set monthly. Yeah. Um, but then... Budgets are, uh, sorry. budgets are set monthly and we take that money up for each allocated area uh, every month. So we have... And you like work behind the bank right now, boy. You look like you work behind the window. <laughs> You're about to dish out so, so, so that also helps. So when we do have the receipts, it just goes, it goes straight into the envelope mm. of that particular um, area. Mm. And it's worked well. So how, long, how long have you been using that system? Uh, this has been, I think, the fourth month now. And so far, so good. Yeah, it it works much better than just using card because it also helps rather than just seeing clutter, clutter, clutter mm. in your bank statement mm. and having to manually do it. You just know you've taken X amount out, but, and this is for this reason. But Dan, do you do you manage finance on Excel or apps? So we use Excel, um, and yeah, you, you Excel. Do, you I do it on a monthly basis. You said uh, Melissa does it on a weekly basis, I think. Okay, but I used to I used to use an app. Um, I've been corrected. Does it daily? Okay, cool. one time in my life. Every six hours, bro, I was on my. On no, but the, Pete, I remember, the thing is, with Pete, I remember, was it in Switzerland one time? I think we were in Zurich. And you were like, I think, oh, I can't remember what shop. I, I remember what shop we were in. I'm not I'm not going to. No, I remember what shop we were in. But you're like, yeah, I know how much I've got. 
to the penny. You could you could tell me how much you had to the penny in a spreadsheet. You can even tell me what cell it was in. <laughs> that's how P. That's how P knows his numbers. Daniel, Street. with that concept, the only thing I question I have is um, how do you manage it? Because I know for me, I use a lot of um, I like to put all my spending on credit cards because of um, yeah, because of rewards, reward points. Reward. Yeah. So I guess you only do it for like small. You don't do it for like any large. It's more like. No, not for not not for large purchases. So we 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 only have it in three categories. So we have household goods, we have um, fuel, and we have food. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. So just we're not gonna do like an envelope for everything and then one for travel. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but we do have a budget for travel. Yeah. Dope. So uh, um, I think Daniel's shared a tip. Why don't we go to? I know we wanted everyone to go around and share some tips. So I think that was a great tip that Daniel shared. Um, Shual, do you want to share a tip? Yeah, let me let me think. Uh, Pete, or you go next. Let I can go next. Yeah. Oh. So for me, I mean, what I would what I would sort of challenge uh, our listeners that are not already managing their personal finance is give it a real give it a real think. Uh, look at Google. Maybe try and download a particular app or an Excel workbook. There are many workbooks that you can, you know, type in on Google and find out. Um, and just try it. Just, just try it for a, uh, sort of a few months and see how it goes. Don't maybe spend too longer than say 50 minutes at the end of each week. And then just see just see how that makes you feel. Does it make you feel empowered about your finances? Because um, if there's one thing that I would love to do is, is have everybody in the world sort of managing their, their personal finances for the, for the visibility. So my tip is for those that are not managing their finances, make sort of make it something to do next week or next weekend and just give it a go. And always, you know, we're always here for feedback uh, and let us know how, how you got on. Yeah. I think for mine, it would be, um, and i just echo and repeat what I said before is leverage websites such as Money Supermarket and money.co.uk. And it's, um, like we mentioned, you have a lot of direct debits. Whenever you sign these direct debits, just put a reminder straight in your calendar, 18 months, 12 months, whatever time the period of the contract is. As soon as that time is over, you go on either money.co.uk or money supermarket and check what are comparable prices. So for your internet, how much can you get the same internet for? Call up your provider, negotiate, say you're going to leave. That works a lot of the time. I, I treat it like a game. So I call them up. I'm like, okay, so what can you guys do? They'll say nothing. Okay. Transfer me to the line. I'm canceling. Yeah, they oh, hey, go to Virgin team. or whatever. You see, they're <laughs> offering nineteen pounds or whatever price. Yeah, and they'll be like, okay, cool, we can match it. I enjoy switching. Guys, don't have any loyalty when it comes to, especially utilities and all of these stuff. <laughs> Switch as soon as possible. Save as much money as possible. Treat it like a game. I get excited when I'm safe. Like, okay, I, then. You sure. guys don't like. <laughs> Do you know how much my mobile phone bill I can is? T- right I, can t- now? T- I can tell by your face. My, I can tell by your face. My mobile phone bill right now. I bet you can't beat mine. I bet you can't beat mine. My mobile phone right now is, I think it's it's fifteen pounds a month. Oh, I get unlimited more than unlimited text and unlimited data with three. And I mean, when I mean unlimited, I don't mean like ten gigabytes. I mean unlimited. Oli, Oli, you know you can get that down to nine pounds like I did. You got used to nine pounds. Yeah, okay, I might have to give them a call tomorrow. Then. <laughs> And, and the thing is, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay a phone bill for over a year. Yeah, but that, they gave me a hundred and something pound credit. <laughs> you start calling them up to complain every week. Yeah, I did. I'm but not. it's exactly it's that game. <laughs> like, enjoy that game, and that money that you save, you can use it on other stuff like traveling, whatever you want to. But just don't pay the man. 
save, save, save. Find a way to save money, man. Just. But Sherelle, have you thought that tip yet? Yeah, I got two. Um, <laughs> oh. No, actually, the first one. Oh, I you, saying... uh, real quick, sure, uh, sure, real quick, just to because um, this word "save" uh, bores people. You're saving to invest. You're not saving to save. You're saving yeah, to yeah, invest yeah. or saving to spend. I would say those are the like you can you can decide yeah. what it's just instead of you giving that ten pounds to whatever you can use that ten pounds for KFC whatever you want to use. Yeah, like, we don't we don't, we don't save to, to say oh look how much we've saved. Nah. We're saving to make a play. exactly. Actually, so just building on that point, the first one I would say is um, try and save before you. I think we've we've mentioned it before, but try and save your money before you start p- paying your bills and everything every month. That one small change in my own behavior from saving at the beginning and spending whatever's left after versus spending whatever I have and then saving whatever I have left at the end. That one shift in behavior has completely changed how much I was able to save. So that's the one quite simple tip. And two, I think some people can find it a bit daunting because I think as, as a fool, we're probably quite advanced compared to some others in terms of reviewing expenses, looking at things. If it's something that kind of daunts you and you think I don't want to, putting everything in an Excel file. I think the easiest way to start is just regularly, nowadays we have mobile banking apps, we have online banking, just start reviewing your your statements once in a while and just have a look if things make sense or not and look at how much is coming in and how much is going out every month. Once a month. If you're spending more than you're you're earning, then you know that there's something that's worthwhile checking. So if, if if it scares you to have an Excel model and stuff, that's fair enough. But just to start off with, if you're not doing anything, I'd recommend just scanning through your documents a bit more regularly so you get a good feeling of what's in it. most banks have it at the top it says money in money out so you can see like you said mm. if you're if you've got more coming out than in you got a problem the the last I, d- I didn't formally share a tip but the tip i was going to say or i would say is is also choosing the right bank account for you um we pay for on our joint something a bit more premium to get benefits from it so like travel insurance around the world phone insurance, uh, free breakdown cover, et cetera. So those can also eliminate costs that you might spend elsewhere, as Oli was, as Oli was saying, in a direct debit. So if you've got mobile phone insurance, you might be able to have your bank cover that by you paying a very small fee, which can incorporate many other benefits as well, maybe like free cinema tickets or uh, subsidized membership for health, uh, for gyms, etc. cetera. Dope. Appreciate it. So this is the moment everyone has been waiting for. We need a we need a proper introduction. Yeah, I'm and if it's if it's if it's, if it's a Tony Robbins but I'm gonna be disappointed. Oh, but because, Oli, of um, recent, because of the recent yeah. Oli, 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 what Oli. happened? Oli, you haven't heard of that scandal going on right now? It's Tony Robbins. Yeah. No, I haven't. So maybe you can tell, uh, tell me. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can endorse it. I'd say at the end because I don't want it to ruin the book review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. All right, so this week, guys, um, yours, truly, <laughs> yours truly is taking the book review. And I thought I'd pick a topic which is congruent with what we've discussed around personal finance. Hmm. So the book that I've selected is called Money, Master the Game, Seven Steps to Financial Freedom uh, by Tony Robbins. So this book is fantastic for those that are already investing um, and want to sort of improve their level of investing and understanding how to play the game. And if you're if you're sort of starting up and wanting to understand, you're, you're sort of new to the arena and you're thinking about which source of information to go to, mm. I'd highly recommend this book because everything from mindset to to how to think, what to look for um, is, is in this book. 
And I know I know I get a lot of uh, sort of questions around how long are my books. So this one, just to let you guys know, yeah, it's <laughs> it's seven hundred pages. Just to let you know, so it's uh, no, how, but, how, how, how how tall is it? Is it short? What do you mean how tall? No, it's, it's a it's a it's a big font. What do you mean, bro? How long did it take <laughs> you to? How long did it take you to read it? Uh, two weeks. Oh, you know, oh, okay. Yes, have, you guys, anyway. have you guys seen that um that meme of the guy reading on the bus? Like, yeah, really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. That's that's me. We need to post that on the Instagram page. That's me reading. No, no, no. Anyways, all right, cool. So, so, so what I'll do is effectively, I'll just quickly summarize each each step. And then after each step, we can sort of have, uh, I don't know if you have any questions, we can go through that way. Um, but yeah, so so the very first step, uh, and I think it's the most important step, it may sound simple, but it's, it's, it's actually where you begin if you're looking to become an investor, which is making a decision. And saying to yourself, I actually want to go from a consumer to actually an investor. And part of making that decision is what we discussed earlier in our personal finance, which is understanding that you need to take a percentage of your income and put that aside to save. In order for you to start playing the game, you actually have to have a level of savings before you can even start playing. Mm. So it talks about, you know, the best way to save is, is that you don't see it. So have an automatic saving plan uh, so that you're not interfering with how the, with how the cash flow transfers work. And how do you guys decide like what percentage or what, how do you guys do that? Like what percentage do you normally It depends. Go? I think it depends on every individual's, um, Mine's 50 situation. right now. Same. I'm, I'm at the 50, I'm at yeah. 55, almost 60. And how do you, do you, when you guys, cause I'm just trying to learn how you guys calculate it, but do you calculate it based on first looking at what you spend or do you just say hard line 50 and I'm going to spend within that limit or how no, do you so guys I think decide over the years that? it's increased so when you get more smarter you find a way to increase the gap uh so mm. i wouldn't have started on 50 when i was when i let's say and over time you realize okay i can still manage a lifestyle but i can even find a way to increase savings effectively when you get paid more you save more as opposed to spending so that's kind of how yeah. how it's worked for me it's like my brother said that i remember um when i started at ge um they had this um share plan employee share plans where you can purchase shares and i was i was really contemplating should i really do it and my brother said to me see as money you've never received coming out of university you've been able to live life at a certain budget it's easy never to increase your income per se if you're putting into savings versus spending and living a certain lifestyle and trying to then reduce it if like it's whenever you earn more income the first thing you should do is not try and spend more like you mentioned it's really how can I save more and invest? Yeah, good. so this is key. This is all actually in the first step. And there's there's a few key messages. And, and that one, Olu, is one of them. It says, have you noticed that no matter how much you earn, you find a way to spend it, right? So it's it's really mm. important that you try to understand that the, the, Preach. to play the game and to play it well, you have to try and increase the gap between your income and expenses. The other thing that hit hard for me when I read it was that it says you're already a financial trader. And because for those that work in nine to five, you're already trading your time for money, which is the worst trade that you can make. So why not learn to play the game properly? Um, and then the other one, the other key message was it, it's impossible to earn your way to financial freedom. You have to find a way to invest the savings that you have. Otherwise, you will find yourself working until the day you're dead. So there was a lot of sort of key messages in the first one. But ultimately, the step one is about making that decision to be to play the game and to put aside a certain um, amount each month. It, it concludes by also um, talking about the power of compound interest. So Albert Einstein spoke about how this is the most powerful tool in the 21st century. And there was a story that, that uh, Tony Robbins shared, which, which is actually, it would be quite hard to imagine, but it's, it's, it's the truth because of, power, because of compounding interest. There's a gentleman by the name of Theodore Johnson. 
and he worked for UPS and never earned more than 14,000 a year. But he decided to put aside 20% each month. And that's because he started early and because it compounded, by the age of around 90, he had about 70 million in his um, investment account. So that's just an important story for us to understand the power of um, compounded interest. Step number two is around sort of becoming an insider and learning the rules. So it's a big, it talks big around what you don't know will hurt you. And there's a few myths and I'll, and I'll sort of share some of the myths. And the first myth it goes into, it talks a bit about mutual funds. And it says how 96% of mutual funds over a sustained period of time do not actually beat the market, right? So many people have retirement accounts, have mutual funds, which believe are actually going to work over a 25, 30 year period. But one thing that they tend to overlook is the fee structure. So this helps to break down and help people understand. You need to really understand that because of compounded interest and the fees, it can be the difference between earning a couple, like it's the difference between a couple hundred thousands at the end of your investment plan. So most people actually don't know the fee structure within their particular, um, uh, within the investment plan. One of the other myths as well, yeah, is it talks about not chasing the performance of the stock market. It's so not trying to time the stock market or not trying to sort of pick particular stocks. So more focusing on like index funds, which you guys so know. Index is track it. It's just track. So exactly. you track like You're, S&P 500. By tracking, it. you have a situation where you're owning a piece of every stock in the market as opposed to trying to be the guy that picks a stock which you think is going to perhaps pop at a later stage. Have you found, because um, I've, I've heard that one about the tracking and it's very interesting, but do you sometimes feel like you might have missed the wave. I think a lot of people might say, oh, I've missed the wave. Is that because the cryptocurrency story? No, crypto's popped back up, you know. I'm waiting. Yeah, it's 7,000. Yeah, crypto's gone back up, you know. Yeah, we're looking good. We're looking good. I might have to, we're looking good. <laughs> no, no, but, but only back to, back, back to your point, back to your point about, only back to your, back to your point about, um, do you think you've ever missed the wave? I don't think it's ever too late. I think you can always, you can, you can always jump on at some point and to benefit from something. Um, but it may not be that specific, but maybe a variation or a subsidiary or a, 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 a derivation. So, P, I think I read this book probably last year. And after mm. I read that, I was like, yeah, I want to invest in a in a fund tracker. Yeah. Um, but then every person on TV who was smart or online was saying, yeah, recession's coming. It's coming. They're like, it's, it's going to be a deep one. Well, it's a long, it's a, yeah. Let me just hold, let me hold myself back and wait till all the markets colossally drop and then I'll start investing in the tracker because mm. right now you could argue that all the markets are probably at an all-time high, which most of them are. Um, and now it's been a year, things have continued to increase and because I was just out on the sidelines, not investing in any trackers, nothing, nothing's been gained. So, yeah. But then that's, that's similar. Do you guys have, do you guys have pensions? Yeah, it's pensions. Yeah, it's just having it's like having a fund. But do you ever review the fund that your pension goes into? No. So this is actually see, they're, they're, see that's 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 a point where you're missing up because yeah. you could be whilst you're young you can put into a riskier fund to get your better um, better interest, and then as you get older, move and manage your fund so that it's in something a bit more stable and has a lot risk mm. um, less risky um, uh, stocks in it. Yeah. Because that's something we should all constantly and actively do. You can change it as you want, yearly, uh, quarterly, whatever, whatever it may be. But that's a way to make sure that you're getting the best return of your uh, mm. your pension at a younger age. And it's taken away the emotional connection to it. So, Shual, I think 
let's say, for example, you start investing in an index and the way compounding is supposed to work is even if the, the markets crash, yeah, if you continue investing the same amount, 10%, 15%, 20% of your salary, when the market goes back up, that compounding will make, you basically make up your loss based on the fact that those, um, the profit's gone up over a period of time. So yeah. compounding is one of those things. If you're doing it for one year, it doesn't make sense. But I think the story you mentioned, P, if you're doing it over 20 years, it's, this is all long term. Yeah. He, 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 he did it. He did it five decades. He did it fifty it's, years. It's all long term. So this is this is win. win in fifty years. This is this is this game that we're talking about when it comes to investing. We're talking about 25, 30 years. That's when you really see uh, you get to benefit from from the gains because you will have the ups and downs in the market. Um, so yeah, but just to finalize on on step number two. So the fourth myth, and actually maybe on another episode, I can actually share my personal experiences around mutual funds and also this myth I'm about to talk about now, which is. Uh, many people think that well, financial advisors and brokers are actually on their side, but they're actually only they actually only have to provide you with a suitable product. Where people what people should be looking for, looking out for is is what is called a fiduciary, because they're independent and they're registered to provide you with not only a suitable product but something which is actually to your benefit. So this was I'm something I might have to get rid of my financial advice. No, then. but I, like we can, <laughs> we can talk offline and then maybe prepare for another episode, but. These guys, um, and I've been firsthand, they provide you with something which is suitable. But because you're not sort of sort of aware or don't know, like maybe I'll ask you a question, Daniel. The the plan or whatever your financial advisor has had offered you, does that person own the same plan themselves? Mm. Yeah, they do actually. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. Oh. Yeah, they do. That's that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty rare. But okay, so no, so step two, step number two is really around look, learning the becoming an insider and learning the rules. And then there's nine myths. So um it breaks down what people kind of overlook. The third step, which I think is really important, um, and I would sort of make this sort of homework for our listeners, which is we need to define the price of our dreams and get very specific in terms of how much money we want and how much money we want to make in the future. Because if you if you tend to ask, if you ask me uh, years ago, if you ask anybody else, you know, how much money do you want to make? They usually give you a lazy number, you know, a million, 10 million, 100,000, a number that has a multiple zeros in it. Um, but actually, when you, when you, if that person was to sort of break down and calculate exactly what you think you need or what lifestyle you want to live, you're very probably far off your estimates. So I went through this exercise and what it helps you to do is first calculate your like financial security. So just list out your basic needs, how much that costs. Then calculate your financial security, so the cost of your lifestyle right now. Then calculate your financial freedom, so the cost of the lifestyle that you want to live. And like really getting specific. Uh, and then also the financial fund, anything that you, you kind of want and never have to worry about money again. And what, why I think it's helpful is because I think most people realize they don't actually need as much money as they think to mm. live the life that they're actually dreaming of. So step number one, making a decision. And step number three, uh, I think are sort of two key steps for our listeners if they are interested in sort of taking action on what, we've, on what we spoke about. And just to quickly wrap up on the remaining steps. Um, so the fourth step is about asset allocation. So it, the, the saying is that anyone can become wealthy, but asset allocation is how you stay wealthy. Mm. And it's not about just basically investing in a variety of stocks, but basically investing in unrelated asset classes. So understanding the importance of having real estate, understanding the importance of having equity and different asset classes, because across different markets going up and down, um, different asset classes perform better than others. So that was something so which... Go ahead, Dan. So basically, people should go and listen back to episode eight and episode nine. 
Sorry, yeah. I cut you off. Yeah, no, 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 Keith. And then, and then, quickly to summarize, uh, step number five. This was interesting as well. It was like once you've sort of followed those steps, then it talks about creating a lifetime supply of income. So the key message for me was and was talking about how to rebalance your portfolio. So looking at it every six months to make sure that you have the right level of risk. And one of the key one of the key things that stuck well with me was that I know I've been approached and I've and I've been pitched certain investment plans, and they've said to me. We're going to give you a very, very balanced portfolio. We're going to have you 50% equity and 50% debt. But actually, that's wrong because the level of risk on both asset classes is completely different. So you're probably so it's not 50-50 is not a balanced portfolio. So you know you're not comparing apples to apples, you're comparing Straight. apples to pairs. So it's it's like these are all these are all fundamental uh, learnings that people need to understand when when trying to play the game. Uh, and there's one thing also um, I'll mention which is powerful. It's called the all seasons portfolio. Uh, by Ray Dalio. So if you get the book, you learn what that's about. But that will put you in a very, very strong position um, across multiple seasons and different market situations. The last two steps, step number six, it, it's actually called invest like a billionaire. So it has like a number of different um, case studies around like Carl Icahn, Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio. And the four principles are effectively don't lose money, seek asymmetric risk versus rewards. So many, many times that we think in order to win big, we have to risk a lot. But a lot of these guys, they actually have, they know how to invest and have huge upside with very little downside. Mm. The, th- the third one is anticipate financial disasters. So these guys are very, very good at knowing when to sort of uh, rebalance or position their, reposition their portfolio in the case of a downturn. And then the last one is never stop learning. Like these guys are always looking to learn more information, understand more, how, how can they better themselves? And it, it, it becomes a point where it's not longer about the money, but more about how to play the game more effectively. So again, a lot of, a lot of key uh, takeaways. And then finally, step number seven, what I love about it as well, because it, it, it wasn't just solely about money, it spoke about creating a life of meaning. So once you've gone through these steps and you're, you've spent years sort of working on these areas, it talks about you know, investing experiences, investing other, invest in other people. Uh, it's, it talks about the importance of giving. So the secret to living is giving. And then one thing what I like also, it says, try to pursue the six basic human needs, which is certainty, uncertainty, growth, significance, contribution, love and connection. Uh, so again, powerful book. If you're talking, if you're already in the, in, in the investing game and you want to know more, it's definitely for you. If you're new and you don't know anything about finance, it's a definitely a good book to have in your arsenal. Nah, that, um, that book review was dope. I, I'm going to actually purchase that book, man. That, that seemed like it has a lot of gems. No, you're gonna love it, Olu. Trust me, it's deep. I actually brought it. I actually brought it last year after Vina's recommendations. A good book. And and the thing is, just just also be like some of the actions I've taken from reading this book. Yeah, have been like it's, we're not just talking small. We're talking moving big needles. So I can share on another episode, and I've spoken to Shaw recently. Like the mutual funds, the 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 financial advisors. Like I've taken some big decisions, um, and I think in the long run it will play out for the better. No. And just to add, um, what I love about that book compared to some others is the other books that give you quite wishy-washy advice, quite general. But this one really gives you specific actions that you can really implement straight away. So yeah, don't go. So repeat the name of the book again. So it's called Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins, Seven Steps to Financial Freedom. Dope. And I promise you, listen to what I'm saying to you, I promise you, if you put these steps together over a period of, say, 10 to 15 years... Cool. Everything changes. One hundred. Okay, you're the ben- you're you're the benchmark then. 
Hundred percent. No you're, problem. You're, you're minus. You're minus two years. No, you're eight years left. No problem. All right. So thank you, everyone, for those who stay tuned to episode seventeen of uh, Take Flight Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation on finance management. If there are any tips, please drop us a comment or DM us at Take Flight Podcast on Instagram or email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. See you next Friday and have a great week. God bless. Dope. Take off, take off.